I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm your host, Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. We are living in the middle of a very historic period of time, I believe, for humanity, for all of humanity. Now, everything is historic, you know, on an individual, uh, an individual case in your life. Every day is historic for you because, you know, every day is one more day you get to be alive. And we only get, if we're very lucky, 80, maybe 100 years. Very few of us get 105, 110. Most of us, if we're lucky, you get 75 or 80 uh, my, my father-in-law, Ted, is 90, going on 91. He's healthy as a horse, doing well. But that's the outlier, right? So every day in an individual's life is historic. When you met the love of your life, when you had your first child, when you had your first grandchild, when you got your first job, the career promotion, whatever it is, those days are all historic. That's not the historic times I'm talking about. I'm talking about the historic times for all of humanity, as we work our way into what I have described as the next conflagration on our planet. Now, when I'm talking about this conflagration, I, I suppose some people could say, oh, you mean the biblical kind, right? The, uh, the end of the world is that's what's coming because people have been screaming that for 2,000 years. You know, it's the end of the world next week. You know, our churches, our religion tells us, uh, you know, be prepared because you never know when the thief will come in the night. So it could come at any time, right? I don't think what I'm talking about is the biblical one, though I suppose they could be one and the same. But we're all feeling it, aren't we? Aren't we all feeling something? What are the commercials you see on, on television and on, on the radio? We hear a lot of you know, get your, get your supplies, you know, load them in. We all know what's coming. Get your supply. We've been talking about it uh, here for a long time. It's, it's been the, the topic of countless news programs and uh, cable TV programs about the end of times coming at us, or at least something really uh, catastrophic. Uh, we've been feeling that for a long time. The pandemic came along, and that was, that was life-changing, the COVID-19 pandemic. We shut the world down. You know, the whole globe was affected. So, and we've seen the results from that. We see a huge increase in depression among people. We see an increase in suicide among all ages of people. We see people feeling like they're lost. They don't have anything to, to uh, deal with. Uh, they're depressed. We know that violent incidents are up. You know, active shooter events are, are up markedly from pre-pandemic. So all of these things have a way of affecting us as human beings. But the historic conflagration I'm seeing come now will we'll harken back to a great example of what I have said uh, multiple times uh, till I'm blue in the face when I go out there and I say, you know, it, it is the default position of humanity to live under the tyrant, to live in a tyrannical person. Uh, a tyranny, to live under a, a period of tyranny. And we look back, and we've always lived under kings, we've lived under czars, we've lived under emperors, uh, we've lived under dictators throughout all of humanity. Uh, when the dictator is a benevolent dictator, uh, it has been easier to function. When 
uh, it's, it's a negative dictator like a Hitler or a Stalin, uh, then we see, we see much, much worse results for people. And I think that's the, the coming historical conflagration that I see happening because everything I see when I, when I look at history, everything is cyclical. Right? There's an old saying out there, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. And I know I've said that a few times. And I think it's because in these little sayings, these little uh, quotes or, or, or things that, that we, these little phrases that we coin are to help sum up sometimes what we're thinking and what's going on. And it's, it's absolutely uh, one of the biggest ones because we're, we're, we're going through it again. And this is, the, this is the historic conflagration I see coming is the buildup uh, of world war. I think that's what I see as if I could crystallize it in the simplest, most common terms, it would be uh, World War Three is brewing. Now, I have my notes from previous episodes. And if I go back over a year ago, uh, when we had the boys in the neighborhood here, one of the things we talked about right on the top uh, topic is World War Three brewing. Is it brewing at the time? Because we saw uh, the conflict coming with the Russians you know, attacking different parts of Ukraine. We saw the, the Chinese uh, making, making moves towards Taiwan or starting to get that feeling they're going to they're gonna go in there. Well, it's even worse now, isn't it? And I think we have to look at this uh, in a way that... I just wrote an a, a article, and it should be up on the platform uh, soon, I think. And it's called The Eighth Crusade. Right? So the Eighth Crusade, I think, is what's happening right now. This is the starting point. Um, the, the events that are taking place in Israel right now is what I'm coining as the Eighth Crusade, because historically, the Crusades, you know, we learned about them in school, right? Remember in history class, we learned about the Crusades, and they seemed a time of, you know, knights and, and, and this fighting going back and forth. Um, and, and I think what we have here, you know, I'm looking at the history. So I think that's part of what we need to do. We need to understand what it is we're talking about. So the first crusade was in the year 1096 AD, Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord, okay, Anno Domini. And it lasted 1096 to 1099. That was the first crusade. The second crusade was from 1147 AD to 1149 AD. So right now we see the Crusades. So what, what exactly were the Crusades? So if we were to look at uh, historical, uh, the Holy Lands, right? They're the Holy Lands. There is information. When you go on and you, uh, you Google or you do some kind of a, a search about the Holy Lands, you will see there is some bias in there because they will not explicitly come out and say, who was in the Holy Lands first. They kind of dance around at the answers that you get. Uh, some things are crystal clear when you ask a, a question on a, on a, uh, a, a Google type of a function, a, a driver. Uh, and other times they, they mask it. So I went on and I was just looking around and I said, okay, so who historically has lived in what we now call the Holy Lands Israel in that area? Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem. And it'll tell you in, in one, uh, in one inf bit of information, they'll say, well, uh, historically, going back about 5,000 years, so 5,000 years is a long time ago, right? 5,000 years ago, there were, um, there were pagans who lived there, pagan people who didn't have a monotheistic or a one-god kind of a point of view. They, had a, they were pagans. They, they worshipped, you know, the sun, the moon, the rocks, the trees, you know, all that kind of stuff. They were there, 
And then we find out that at some point, uh, several thousand years ago, it was historically a Jewish land, right? The Jews were there and, and they had Jerusalem. Uh, and then over the course of time, see, because what people forget when they, when they look at this conflict that's taking place in Israel right now, whose land is it? Whose land is it? People often kind of forget that uh, Islam as a religion and Muhammad as the prophet uh, didn't come on the scene until almost 600 years after Jesus Christ, right? So they, Muhammad was a little late to the game. Um, the Muslim religion, Islam, has, has not been uh, with us since the, the days of Judaism and Christianity because, as we all know, Christianity grew out of Judaism. Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ was uh, a Jewish person. Right? And he had his revelations and uh, revealed himself to the world as the Messiah. And uh, the, the, the uh, Jewish religion did not accept him as the Messiah. We, we, we all kind of know that. But it was almost 600 years later that Muhammad came along. And it's very interesting. Uh, if you want to understand a lot about Muhammad the prophet, you, you, it's very interesting reading how he came along and, and he tried to uh, befriend the, the Jews and Christians, but they rejected him. And it was shortly thereafter he was rejected. And that's a very short historical telling of what happened. He was rejected by Jews and Christians. And he, he pushed out on his own. And that, then he decided that you know, his religion was the right one. And he, he had, uh, again, I'm, I'm going through it quickly. He had his revelation that uh, God, his God, Allah, is the same God uh, in the Torah as it is in the Bible. You know, the, the three religions all believe in the same God. Uh, they just see different motivations for the God. But anyway, he comes along 600 years after Jesus Christ. So uh, he wasn't here all along. That religion wasn't here. So who lived in those lands, you know, before 600, right? Let's just, let's just go there, 600 AD. Let's go earlier. Well, they were the pagans, they were Canaanites, and then there were the Jews. So the Jews have been there forever. It is their ancestral homeland, Right uh, in the Bible, it tells you how they they were they went through the desert after being released from by the Egyptians, and they they uh, you know Moses led them to the Promised Land, which was you know Israel, and that's where they they've lived ever since. So we, we can get lost in these arguments, but what happened was after about a thousand years. Okay, so the rise of Islam starts to take place uh, from 600 until a uh, thousand. Right in A.D. time, the year 1000, uh, and by the end of uh, 1095, we had uh, 600 years or 500 and something years of Islam on the planet, and we had uh, a fight for Jerusalem as the holy city, and that's where the first crusade came from. Um, the 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 Muslims had moved across different parts of Europe, and they had moved in and taken Jerusalem. And between popes and kings and cardinals at the time, they said, hey, that's the Holy Land, and we have to go take it back from them. So that's what the Crusades were. They were fights for the Holy Land over who would control it. So, but, but we got to be clear here. It was clearly pagans and then the Jews who were there in the beginning. It was their homeland. It was their, uh, their place given to them from God, their promised land. And that's a fact. That's, it's, it's as simple as that. What happened over the Crusades was as the, uh, the Muslim leaders took over Jerusalem and then the, the uh, Christian leaders tried to fight them out 
Uh, and they, they lost and gained control over the area back and forth many, many times. So to keep our timeline correct, the first crusade was in 1096 AD, and it lasted till about 1099. Then you had a second crusade around 1147 AD to 1149 AD. These were pitched battles to take control of Jerusalem and the Holy Lands between the Muslim armies and the uh, Christian armies, armies of the Pope. The third uh, crusade was 1189 to 1192. Right? So they, they pitched battles back and forth. The fourth crusade is in 1202 to 1204. So we're talking a thousand years ago from us, right? A thousand years ago. Um, then there was a, the other ones you can go through different names of them. Um, one is called the Crusade of Frederick II, 1228, 1229. Uh, the Crusade of Louis IX, 1248, 1254. And then again in 1270, right? So the, then the Fifth Crusade is listed at 1217 to 1221. And the Sixth Crusade, 1248 to 1254. And like I said, the final one, uh, which is attributed to, from what I see, from my research, if you're a historical person, you can correct me. I'm okay with being corrected. This is just from the research I was doing. Uh, in 1270 was Louis the Ninth uh, in 1270. That was the last crusade. And everybody says, well, how did they come out? How did those crusades come out? Well, the, the Christians pushed out the Muslims. The Muslims pushed out the Christians. It went back and forth. But overall, uh, they believe that the, uh, the, the victor was the, the uh, Muslim armies ended up with the most control over the area. And that went back and forth. But Jews have historically lived there uh, for since thousands of years, right? We, we already covered that. Uh, but the control did go back and forth uh, multiple times. So the whole purpose of those crusades was to uh, rescue the Holy Land from the Muslim invaders. That was basically what it was. And the Muslims wanted control of the land as well. It was considered the Holy Land. So where we have the, uh, the Dome of the Rock, the Dome of the Rock uh, is, a, uh, is, a, is a Muslim religious place uh, built on top of a Christian religious place. Uh, it is under the modern control of Israel. So people can go there, the, of all religions can go there and uh, worship, do what they want to do. But that leads us to today. So what do I see happening today? So I, now that we have that historical background of what the Crusades are, uh, and if you've never studied them, it's, they're really very interesting. I'm going to do actually more research on them because I do find them that interesting. Uh, where, where are we today? So the Seventh, uh, the seventh Crusade ends around uh, 1270, a thousand years ago. Uh, and ever since then, we've had this back and forth continuing battle between the great religions. Uh, we've we've seen the uh, popes battling against Muslims. We've seen the Jews being attacked and moved and and uh, across across time and memoriam. We have seen this happen. So what do I see today? Why am I saying what we're looking at now? I am calling the Eighth Crusade. I'm calling it the Eighth Crusade. Uh, now we don't have the Catholic Church and the Pope going in there trying to remove anyone, but we are seeing uh, a battle between the forces of Islam and the forces of Judaism trying to control that area. They're fighting over it. That's what all of this fighting is about. Because if it was just about land, uh, I'm sure we could work out. You know, the the people who live there, the Palestinian people—that's what they call themselves. 
uh, they, they were given the Gaza Strip and they were given the West Bank as a place to live. And we've covered this in previous uh, episodes where it could be a paradise for them. The people all over the world would, would chip in to help them uh, make it a beautiful, wonderful Mediterranean city where they could thrive. They could uh, practice their religion and thrive. But we've had evil forces in there. So we, we, we have to define uh, who we're talking about. So we're talking about Hamas. This is a terrorist group, a brutal terrorist murderous organization, as is Hezbollah, as is ISIS, uh, as they go. Now, I've said this before, and I'll be crystal clear. I don't think all of the people, all the Palestinian people living in that area, in the West Bank and in, in, uh, and in Gaza, I don't think they are uh, up for this violence. They, I, I think they want to practice their religion and, and move on with their lives. Do they feel they should have Jerusalem? Maybe they do. Maybe they, they, that's their, yeah, we think it should be our holy land and you know, not your holy land. The, the Israelis shouldn't be in charge of it. We should be in charge. And I'm sure that's uh, some of them, a majority might think that. And that's a legitimate thing to think. That's, uh, you know, that's like, I, I talked about it before. That's like uh, Mexico saying, hey, we, we really should have uh, Texas. But the reality is that that's never going to happen. When I, no, the United States is not going to give up parts of Texas or California uh, back to the Mexican government just because they feel they have a claim on it. Just like our, our Native American Indians, they have claim all over. Uh, it's not going to happen. They're not going to get Manhattan back. You know, time moves on. So I'm looking at this, this building war and the things that I'm looking at. And that's why I wrote this article called The Eighth Crusade. Because I think that's that's really where we're at. Because it's going to drag in, if it continues, and the conflagration builds, which it, it's looking like it is now. I mean, we're seeing things we've never seen before. The reason I'm seeing this is that the world, uh, if you go back five years ago or ten years ago, the Chinese were problematic. Their economy, you know, they were they had all they have all the manufacturing, and it was hurting us. They were starting to expand out. There was concerns that they wanted to take back Taiwan, uh, but there was no real fear that they were going to do it. Uh, Putin, as as bad as Putin is, he was he was in his own borders and he was busy with Russia. And we all thought, well, maybe Russia is going to be a player in the world now. And uh, it was a destination people wanted to go to, and their economy was good. They got uh, they got oil and they have some resources, but the world was not on the edge of, of war. You know, we were just not there, but we have seen this increase, this rise of what we have to grab a term from the, the 1930s and 40s, and we have to say the new axis of evil, and I'm not the first one to coin that, all right? I'm not trying to take credit for that. The new axis of evil are these negative, despotical, uh, tyrannical governments uh, and movements that are out there that believe in violence first. So in that group, we're going to have obviously the Chinese. The Chinese attack their own people. Uh, they're expanding out. They're a communist uh, country. You'll go to the uh, to the to the gulag if you don't follow. You'll go to re-education camps. Uh, they will take everything. They will kill you if they want to. We have uh, Putin and Russia, which has uh, gone from maybe being a, a place of. Uh, could be a, a partner in all of uh, things in good. Putin has decided, nope, I'm going to reconstitute the Soviet Union. And to do that, I'm going to start taking back bits and pieces of what I need. And he started, he's killing people. He's blowing up buildings 
where women go to have babies. He's blowing up apartment buildings. They're slaughtering people uh, all over Ukraine. And Ukraine is now fighting for its life in the world. You know, the world is, is watching. Uh, America's giving a lot of money for lots of different reasons, trying to support them. All these proxy wars going on, uh, you know, that's what it's always been. We're not going to fight directly with Russia, uh, but Russia's doing something here, so we'll support the other side and give them equipment, and we'll give them uh, money and funding to do it. This harkens back to the to the uh, domino effect fighting communism uh, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Uh, but what we have here is you have China, you have Russia, you have North Korea. North Korea, the, the, the hermit uh, kingdom. Uh, and it's funny, somebody... Somebody heard me saying that and said, why do they call it the Hermit Kingdom? What are they? What are they? Are all small people? No, it's nothing to do with that. A Hermit Kingdom, if you don't know, uh, re re refers to um, any kind of a, 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 a company or a, not a company, a country that walls itself off from the rest of the world, does not want to have any contact. People can't leave. People can't get in. Um, and that's what you have, and that's why they call it the Hermit Kingdom, because it's it's walled off from the rest of the world. It's a secret society, you know. You can't see in there, but they do bad things. Uh, this this uh, dictator, um, Kim Jong Un, whatever he is, uh, he's, he's firing missiles, ballistic missiles, uh, into the Sea of Japan. Why is he doing that? Is that a good thing? Is that going to pr promote world peace, or is that going to be negative to world peace? Right, so he's doing that because he's trying to intimidate his neighbors around him. He threatens uh, the use of a nuclear weapon constantly, and he has a nuclear weapon. They are a nuclear power, uh, so he could he could nuke, uh, you know, South Korea. That's a that's a reality. Uh, so he's a negative force in the world. Putin is a negative force in the world, creating uh, chaos and uh, conducting wars and attacking people. Right? And then you have China, who are threatening to do so, and they are attacking their own populations. You could go on and on with these, these negative uh, governments. And then you look at Iran. Now, Iran has been a thorn in the side of the world since uh, Ayatollah Khomeini uh, took over in 1979 and took Americans hostage. We started to see that was the beginning, the beginning rumblings of the rise of the problem we're seeing now in the Holy Lands. Now, it had been going on for a while prior to that. You know, when Israel was founded in 1948 by the world governments after World War II, they saw the, the slaughter of the Jews all across Europe and other places during World War II, and they said they need to have their homeland, right? They have to have a place they can go so they're not just wandering the world being attacked. So they created the state of Israel in, as I see it, in the traditional homeland of the Jewish population in what is Israel, right? That's where they were there. Remember, we did the history lesson in the beginning, 5,000 years ago, they were living there. Um, so they said, listen, we're gonna establish this as the Jewish homeland, including Jerusalem, the historical uh, seat of the Israeli government of Israel, of the land of Israel. And we have now all these, um, we have Iran, who's the number one sponsor of terror in the world. They fund it, uh, proxies, proxies, Hezbollah uh, is a proxy. They pay for them. They get them the weapons to do their bidding. And what is the bidding? Uh, them and Hamas and other, uh, you know, ISIS organizations and all these places. What, what is this at its essence? Well, if you, if you take the 30,000 foot view, as they say, if you step back, and you look down, don't look at it in a, in a uh, micro way, look at it in a, in a bigger picture, 
You know, Israel is fighting Hamas in the Gaza Strip, right? That's a very small piece of the puzzle. Now we step out a little bit and you can see Hamas to the north, uh, not Hamas, uh, Hezbollah to the north. They're throwing rockets into Israel, threatening to invade. You have Iran, who's now said, if the United States does this, that, and the other thing, it gets involved, we might have to get directly involved and we're going to start bombing. And they're close to having a nuclear weapon. Um, so we got that. You got Yemen shooting rockets that are being shot down. So basically, when we break this down, you look and you see you have the, the Muslim world, the world of Islam, encircling the Jewish world in Israel, and they're attacking and they're attacking. You're seeing joining of forces. Who is supporting Hamas? Who can support Hamas who just went in and mutilated and raped and, and destroyed human beings, entire families in their homes and in their beds? Who went in and did that? Hamas did. Who could ever say, well, you know, that's one way to fight the war. They're, they're feeling they have to get it back. So you rape babies and women and you break their bones you cut and, and i'm sorry to be so graphic but in one case they cut the baby out of a pregnant woman and then killed the baby and then the woman this is barbaric this is animalistic behavior this is this is not human being behavior well of course they are human beings but it is barbaric behavior it is unseen in this modern world and it just happened right in front of us so we have all these forces Basically, the same forces in the same place in the Holy Lands fighting over the same thing as we had back in 1096, 1147, 1189, 1202, 1270 during the Crusades. We have another mass attack on the Holy Lands trying to wrest control over the Holy Lands and Jerusalem for the eighth major time in recent human history in the last several thousand years. That's why I say what we're seeing here is the Eighth Crusade. So we have these negative forces of terrorism and barbarism, and who's supporting them? Who's supporting them? Well, the Chinese say they're doing the right thing. They support Hamas. They support what just happened because they do that to their people. They brutalize their own people, so they don't see nothing wrong with brutalizing some people. What's the big deal? You have to get your point across, right? Uh, the Russians support Hamas, right? North Korea supports Hamas and probably gave them some weapons. Uh, and all these other terrorist organizations all support each other. So what we have here is this axis of evil that includes Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, the terrorist organizations versus the uh, allies is all you could really call it. The good guys, good girls. We got America. We got the European countries, if in name only, uh, uh, and then you have uh, Israel, the number one, uh, the only democracy in that part of the world, our ally uh, on this side and all the others on that side. So what's, what's happening on that side? Well, I just went over some. They're brutalizing, raping, murdering women, children, elderly. They're taking hostages. They're brutalizing them. That is Nazi-like behavior right in front of us again in human history. So the world sits on the edge of conflagration, and this is the Eighth Crusade. We'll be back. 
Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop, look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. All right, we're back. Thank goodness. Okay, so you could see I was I was getting myself worked up there a little because this is uh, a time that we happen to find ourselves uh, in the course of history in the middle of what we see brewing. Now, the question to us really is, are we smart enough to see the repeat of history that's taking place right in front of our eyes and are we going to do anything about it? This can lead to uh, anxiety. This can lead to depression. This can lead to all the things that we're seeing. Because right? it's a combination of forces. You can feel everything coming to a head. So when this happens and you're that depressed, you can get sick. Right? See how I'm segueing into this? I want to tell you just real quick uh, about Healthy Cell. 
uh, the Healthy Cell Company. They're on the network here. They have excellent stuff. Uh, I take the immune, uh, the immune Boost, which has kept me, kept me healthy. I like it. Uh, I take it every single day. Uh, and then we have uh, the sleep formula for people having trouble sleeping. And then they have the focus factor product for people who uh, want to tighten up their thinking. You know, maybe you're, they're, they're starting to get forgetful or whatever. It can help help pull your act together. Um, yeah, healthy cell. So I want to get into that. See how I, I, I wheeled into that because all this crazy stuff going on, you can get sick. You don't want to be sick. You want to be healthy. So get yourself some healthy cell and be healthy, right? That's what I'm telling you. All right, so... When I'm, I'm looking at this, and I, I, I've, I've created the in your mind, hopefully, the alignment of forces uh, that we see taking sides here over the Holy Land, yet again, uh, and that's why I said this is the Eighth Crusade because what's going to happen here? Um, now this time, the Church, the the Roman Catholic Church, and the popes do not have the same kind of power they had a, a thousand years ago. You know, a thousand years ago. After the fall of the Roman Empire, the uh, the Catholic Church rose to real prominence and power. Uh, the Pope could raise armies. The Pope could uh, dictate how what countries did. Uh, they were very, very realistically powerful in the world. Now, uh, they're spiritually powerful. You know, the Pope and the Catholic Church has got a, over a billion uh, followers, uh, and the Pope uh, talks spiritually. So where does the Pope stand on this? Where does the, the Pope, uh, the, you know, the vicar of Christ on earth, the head of the Catholic Church living in the Vatican Sea, uh, where does Pope Francis come, up, come down on all of this? Well, Pope Francis, uh, so far, what I've seen him say is that, you know, there should be peace amongst all people and peace in the Holy Land. Um, I'd like to hear something a little more forceful from my Pope, I would like to hear him come out and say that this brutality uh, that we have seen by uh, Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS, and all these other uh, groups uh, is absolutely, uh, you know what, I hate, uh, this, is, this is annoying to me, it is unacceptable. Well, if it's unacceptable, what's that mean? This is unacceptable that they went in and raped women till they broke their legs and backs. Well, that's unacceptable. Uh, Iran is going to be held responsible. How? How are we going to hold them responsible? All right, so I'm getting ahead of myself here because my, my, the article lays out a little bit more, but I'm giving it to you here now. You should still read it, though. Um, we see the forces aligned here historically as they always have been over the Holy Land. The battle is brewing. It's already brewing. The, the, the part that comes next is really, I think, this is the key to the whole thing uh, going up in flames, so to speak, and, and the whole thing taking off. Because it's a matter of time. You know, um, historically now we have seen uh, these, uh, these groups, these terror groups, throw rockets at Israel. Five, ten rockets at a time. Israel doesn't respond. They throw a couple rockets from the north. Israel doesn't respond. Sometimes they respond. They do a pinpoint strike uh, if they know where the launcher was and they hit that and that's the end of it and weeks go by or months. And then, you know, maybe some of these terrorists will use the tunnels to sneak into Israel and, and you know, kill a bunch of people and then sneak back out. And sometimes they're caught and Israel will respond a little bit. But that was really it. it, it not, a, not a huge worldwide event like we're seeing right now. But the reason this is the powder keg... Um, is because of all the aligned forces 
right? This is what we need to look at from this high point of view, not this, not this micro view here of Israel fighting Hamas and trying to wipe out this terror group. But if we, as we go up to that 30,000 feet, we see all the negative uh, governments, the axis of evil governments, all waiting to take action on something that they've been waiting to do for a long time, right? We know the Chinese want to roll into Taiwan and take that. We know that. We know Putin wants to go to Poland. He wants to re reconstitute the Soviet Union. And to do that, he has to go to war. And will those two support each other? They probably will. Are they, you know, just like we had the, uh, you know, the Germans had aligned with the Italians and had aligned with the Japanese in World War II to attack and do what they all wanted to do. They all wanted to do something in different parts of the world, and they did it as a group. Well, we're seeing, don't we see that same grouping again uh, of the same brutality tactics that we're seeing from all of these Axis governments? We do. And what do we see in the West? And what do we see in the West that's repeating history uh, as it has in the past? We are seeing the governments of the West are unprepared completely and totally to deal with this. They are completely and totally unprepared uh, as governments. We as people that live in the West, we are unprepared for these horrors that are coming our way. We're not prepared for this kind of battle. You know, we've talked about it. When's the last time somebody uh, crossed the border from the town next to you and raped and murdered babies and families in their kitchen? Uh, when's that happened to you? It's never happened. We, now, we do have instances of brutality, like the, the guy in Maine who killed 18 people. But those are sporadic. Those are our own people. They're our own nuts who are doing these horrible things. Uh, we're not having groups coming in trying to kill us all and wipe us all out, which is what they deal with in Israel. So we have these acts of barbarism taking place. We have all these, these allied uh, axis of evil groups and countries. Uh, and the, the, the start of this whole event is the attack on Israel. Because once uh, the genie is out of the bottle, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. It's another old saying. It means once it gets started, it gets going. So there was a moment in World War II when the whole world saw the rise of Hitler and saw the potential violence, the buildup of armaments and the, the army, and nobody did anything about it. They talked. They appeased. And when they appeased, Hitler just kept building. And then one morning, he rolled the tanks, and away they went, and away went the war. And then it started. The, uh, the Japanese began their attacks. Um, the Italians joined in, and they had, and next thing you know, the world was at war. Now, it took a while for the United States to get involved until we were personally attacked in Pearl Harbor. And there's lots of arguments about whether uh, the president knew it was coming or not and knew we had to get into it. I mean, how, if we didn't get involved in World War II, uh, the Third Reich would probably still be there, right? Uh, there'd be the Japanese imperial government would still be there. Uh, we, would, we would have a totally different world than we had today. Um, but today, here we are again. We're, we got the same factors building up. Now, do we see the, the West is not prepared for this? They're not. We can't even decide what bathrooms to use all across the West, in Europe, in the United States. We're arguing over things, you know, who should be, should men be able to compete against women? Uh, these are the kind of things we're talking about. In the meantime, this conflagration of World War III is building up right in front of our faces, and it's going to affect us. It's going to drag us in. Even if they didn't attack us, 
if they just took over parts of the world that we need to function in, that would change our lives completely, wouldn't it? It absolutely would. And we're on that precipice. So a, a thing to look at, history repeating itself, uh, at the beginning of World War II, we had weak leaders. We had appeasers, people who were not prepared to deal with the evil and the violence that they were seeing, and they capitulated. They gave in. There's always this thinking among decent people that we can talk this out. We, we should just sit at the table and talk out our differences and work things out. And you know what? When you have a problem with your neighbor because of the fence line, accidentally got put a part on your yard and part on his, you can sit down and work that out, especially if both of you want to work it out. The problem we have when it comes nation to nation, what we're seeing here, when you have the axis of evil and everybody else, is that the people on the evil side, they don't want to sit down and they don't want to work anything out. They want to cut your throat and get rid of you. How do you have a conversation with that? And that's what good and decent people have a really hard time with. Why do you think people have such a hard time with fighting crime? Because it's not fair to the criminal. The reason the criminal kills and rapes and robs and steals is because, you know, the way they grew up, they didn't get candy at Halloween. And it's not fair to them. And people were mean to them and said things to them. So we have to excuse it. We appease it. And, and what this happens, right? What happens? When you appease evil... Even if we take the word evil away, let's say negative, people who want to do negative things, right? Take evil out of the, take religion and evil uh, out of it and just say uh, doing good things or bad things. People that want to do bad things is because they get some benefit from it and they're not interested in talking to you and working it out because the difference is you got something I want and I, I'm going to take it. And all the talk in the world, unless you just give it to me, is not going to uh, is not going to change my mind. Uh, I want to come in and I want to have sex with your family, and you don't want me to. Well, I'm going to knock in the door, tie everybody up, and have sex with them. That person doesn't go. You evil, bad people don't sit back and go. Oh, you know, they want to work this out. They want to sit down at the table and work this out. So I, I should sit down. You know, I really want to come in and steal everything you have because I really want it. Um, but since you're willing to talk to me about it, uh, I guess I'm not going to do evil and bad things now. I think I'll, I'll, I'll just go back to my house and, you know, I'll deal without having your cash and your money, your jewelry and your family. You know, I'll just go back and deal with life. on my. That's not how it works. That is sick in people's heads. They don't understand. Good people don't understand bad people. Right? We don't understand evil because it's not part of what we're about. Right? To understand what we really have here is, is devastating to think of what we're up against right now, what the world is up against. And it is crystal clear that we see the two sides squaring off, don't we? Don't you now see this? And this is where this conflict in Israel, in Gaza, and with Hezbollah and Hamas, this is the starting point. This is the touchstone moment that you can see that they will look back on in history 500 years from now. And like I said, the winner writes history, but sometimes it gets written even if it's uh, not exactly true. And I think they will look at October 7th, 2023, as the actual start of the Eighth Crusade. You know, that'll be the date that'll be documented because that was the day that the axis of evil uh, decided not just to, uh, to dither around with the enemy, but to full-on attack, murder, 
and destroy. And what did that lead to? Did the world recoil from that and say, oh my God, what are we doing? We had better figure out what's happening. No, we didn't do that. It ignited other negative groups. It united the axis of evil groups. Because with all this conflict going on, wouldn't this be the perfect time to do what you've been waiting to do? And that's why those things happen. Right? When you have these axes of evil, these groups that want to do things that they want to, they want to take other lands, they want to rob, they want to destroy, they will take action once it is once it gets going. Because who's gonna be who who is going to be able to protect Taiwan? Not that I don't think I I don't know that we will now. I really don't think we will. Um are we going to send send troops to die in Taiwan to, to prevent the Chinese from taking it? Or are we going to hold speeches and have our brave leaders uh, stand up and say, uh, you'll be held account for that, right? It, it, that's probably what's going to happen. So before I go far afield, let me, let me gather my thoughts here for a second and, and go back to what I was saying, talking about what I see as this conflagration and why. And the next thing that we can compare to World War II and the start of that, uh, not just the appeasing of evil and bad, uh, appeasing, uh, we're seeing that now, appease, 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 and we have weak leaders. We have very, very weak leaders. Joe Biden, as the president of the United States, is a very weak leader, right? Uh, he's elderly. He's not up for the game. I don't think he's he's got the wherewithal to really deal with it. Uh, and that's that's not a, a an attack on Joe Biden. It's a reality. He's 80 years old, uh, and he's past his prime, way past his prime. He's past his expected lifetime, um, and he just doesn't have the mental acumen to deal with these things effectively uh, at this point in his life. And who's next? Kamala Harris. He's, he's, She's going to be a wartime president if she was to take over, if Joe was to leave or have some kind of medical problem. And who's in the wings? You know, who's in the wings? Who, who is strong in our country that, that could face this? Who's got the wherewithal, right? And I'm not making a speech for anybody, but the reality is we have weak leaders and weak leaders invite attack, right? Weak leaders invite attack. It's just like... Do you see the connections here to all of all of human behavior, how it's it's just on different scales? Think about the bully in school, the big bully in school that wants your lunch money. Right. And you don't fight back against the bully. The bully intimidates you, scares you, hits you, gives you a bloody nose, says, give me your lunch money. And what do you do? Well, you don't want to get hurt anymore. What are the people around you that see you getting beat up? Just give him the money. Just give him, give him your $2. Matter of fact, he can have my $2 too. Does the bully walk away and buy his ring dings and bologna sandwich and say, you know, they just gave me the money. I bet if I just said, listen, I don't have enough money. Could somebody help me? People would. No. The bully says, I got $4 for nothing. You think he goes away? Or do you think he comes back the next day and says, hey, give me your $2 and you give me $2 and you better give me $2. Isn't it exactly the same thing? Isn't the process the same, just on a different scale? When countries do it with weapons and brutality, and what do people do? Appease, 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 appease. Get scared. Uh, try and make the bully feel better, right? Oh, no, it's okay. okay. You could take that little bit of land, but then that'll be it, right? Remember that idiot uh, in the United Kingdom running around with the piece of paper? Peace in our time, peace in our time, because Hitler signed a piece of paper because he thought he was saving his country by appeasing everybody. It didn't save anybody. It emboldened 
the evil. It emboldened the bad people. Well, when nobody does anything now, it's exactly the same. You, you, you don't strike back at the bully, you get more bullying. You don't strike back at the evil, you get more evil. You don't get less evil. Right? Evil is not like good. Good wants to do good and, and always be nice and helpful and, and share. And Evil wants to take stuff and cut your throat. And good people don't understand that. They don't understand that about crime. And that's why crime is completely out of control. Because all of these people who say, if you just, just understood them, if you didn't have the police didn't go around arresting them every five minutes, and then they're in jail all the time. Of course they're going to do things. No. No, you have to put an end to bad behavior by setting standards, rules, and enforcing it. If you steal, maybe you get a break the first time. You pay it back, but you get a break the first time. Second time, you go to jail for a period of time. You do it a third time, you have now announced to the whole world that you are an enemy of society, and we got to put you away so you can't hurt people anymore. And when it comes to violent crime, you commit a violent crime, you got to be taken off the street because decent people can't live with people who want to hurt each other. We tell them, don't do it, and they do it. You take them out of society and you put them in prison. That's the only thing that protects people, right? We don't understand this. Good people don't understand evil. We can't, we can't fathom it. That they don't, they don't want to talk it out. They don't want to work it out. That, you know, they, there's other ways to do this than be violent. No, we don't understand that. Good people don't, and that's our problem. When you combine good people with weak leadership, you get what's happening right now. You th imagine, I'm going to give you a, a new job. You are now the premier of China. You're the premier of China. You are, uh, you are ambitious to expand your world. You want to take over other lands. You want to control the seas. You want to be the wealthiest, most powerful uh, leader on the planet. This is what you want. And anybody that speaks up against you, you're going to slap them down and slap them. If you have to kill them, you'll kill them to shut them up and they'll follow the rules or you'll kill them or put them away. Um, and now you say, you know, I really want to go take Taiwan. I want it. It's a jewel. I'm tired of staring at it. I'm tired of hearing about it. I want to go take it. And look what's going on over in Israel. The Americans the only ones who really could stop me. The Americans are kind of all caught up now in, in what do we do about Israel? Do we give them money? Do we send our, our forces over there? Are we prepared? Hmm. Oh, and then look, look, my buddy is, oh, is doing over in, uh, in Ukraine. He's got them, you know, sending money over there and they don't have troops there yet, but maybe they should, I don't know, but they don't. What are they going to do to me if I make this move over here? Right? So that's what you're saying to yourself. Are you more likely to do it when you see the leader of those countries are weak? They're not going to do anything. They've demonstrated they won't do anything, that they can't function properly. Look at all this chaos. Now is a perfect moment for me to strike because nobody is going to come back at me. See, evil doesn't say, hey, listen, the world's really on fire here. We should help out and calm everything down and, and make assertions that, hey, we're not going to attack Taiwan. This is not the moment to get involved. Let's work out this, uh, this horrific thing. That's No, evil says, hey, here's our chance. Here's our chance. Nobody's looking. And if they are, they can't stop us anyway. Boom. And then Putin says, you know what? I'm tired of pussyfooting around with these people. 
I got these 50,000 megaton uh, blockbuster bombs. Let me just go blow up the government seat in Kiev and, and wipe these people out and let me take it. Who's going to stop me? The United States going to send troops? Is Europe going to send troops? Is the United Worthless Nations going to send their blue hats over to protect the people of Ukraine or Taiwan? No. No, they're not. The United Nations is busy condemning Israel for fighting back. They're condemning Israel for, for protecting themselves. Because now you're going to overdo it. What is overdo it? Right? I think we talked about this uh, on a previous episode. We try to compare this. People are saying it should be, a, it should be a, uh, an equitable response. You, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't go beyond what they did to you. So the Israelis should move into... Uh, I guess into the Gaza, pick a part of the Gaza, uh, rape women to death, kill babies, uh, burn out old people, machine gun people in their houses, just to the exact number that were killed in Israel in the kibbutzes and in different parts of Israel there. That would, be, that would be okay, and then you have to stop. It's ridiculous. Israel is doing the only thing that you can do when you're faced with evil, with a bully, with bad people who want to hurt you. They're doing the only thing you can. You fight back, and you fight back hard, and you try and save yourself. Now, we can argue the points. We can talk about the Palestinian people and helping them you know, create a wonderland where they live. But they can't have that wonderland, not because of Israel, not because of the United States, not because of uh, the good people in the world, they can't have that because of the evil amongst themselves, the people that they have to deal with, their own people who want to fight the war, who want to kill the Israelis and get rid of them. And what was, uh, what's, what's the saying, you know, and the West is next. This is the buildup I'm talking about. This is the conflagration that's coming. It's going to take us all in unless we follow the example of the Israelis. Right Now, we don't want the Israelis to randomly, discriminately kill civilians. That is a horrible part of war. That happens. But always remember, the Israelis did not start this. This was visited on them in the form of evil and terrorists that came into their community and butchered people. And will butcher more if they're given the opportunity. See, this is what good doesn't understand, right? They came in and did this, and they would do it to every one of them if they could. They would do it to you if you stand in the way of what they want. And what we're seeing now is the only thing that a bully, an evil, understands is to fight back. And to fight back, not just to be equitable in your fight back, but to vanquish the evil, to vanquish the bully, so that they leave you and other good people alone. And the fact that the world is torn, the fact that the United States of America has, has people marching in the streets, cheering for Hamas, under the mistaken idea that they're oppressed people and we have to support them against the evil Israel, tells us that our, our education system is not really working. That this anti-Semitism that, you know, you know there's always going to be anti-Semitism. Just like you know there's always going to be some racism. You know there's always going to be uh, some bullies. But we kind of figured, didn't we, that, that we had gone past all of that by this point in history. That, yeah, there's always going to be an anti-Semite. You know, there's, they're, they're out there. They're vermin. 
uh, they hate the Jewish people, you know, whatever. But that's it. Do you see what's happening day in and day out in America today, in the United States of America? On our streets, we have people waving Hamas flags and saying death to Israel, that America is bad. Israel should be punished. Israel caused all of this. Did you ever think you would see this, that this was right under the surface? You know, our friends on the left always say that, you know, uh, the, the conservatives, man, right under their surface is racism. If they could go back to, to slavery, they would, which is absolutely absurd. I don't know anybody who sees the abomination of slavery as, so, oh, we got to get back to that. That would be a good thing to do. It's not right under the surface. Yeah, are there, are there a-holes out there that think that way? Sure. But they're small in number. They're not, they're not the, the conservative people. But what we have out there is our friends on the left. We have now seen just under the surface, there is anti-Semitism. There is racism running rampant in their movement. These kids waving flags that have no idea what they're doing. That they're supporting a terror group. That how many times can I say it? Raped and murdered babies, women, and elderly people. And they're, they're supporting that. Do you realize that in the legions of hell, the demons line up behind that kind of a thing and say, yeah, that's good. That's good. The Nazis were good. They did the right thing. In the legions of hell, we see that happen. We're seeing it happen on the streets of America, in the streets of Europe. This is the growing, growing threat to all of us. And how does this usually work out when these things build? They build to a head and either by a miracle or by intervention of a loving God, something happens to intervene to stop the flames from taking over. And in every other instance, other than a miracle, this is going to build up to a head and it's going to explode. And it's going to be horrifying and ghastly. And it's going to be some of the most inhumane things humanity has ever ever seen. Just when you think we can't get any worse, we can't get worse than the atrocities of the Nazis. Now we have the atrocities of the terrorists and the axes of evil who together would do it all to everyone here in America in our living rooms. So my friends, this has been a, a tough conversation to have today, but it's one we had to have. And we need to keep thinking about it and we need to pray to a loving God to intervene, to make that miracle. If not, we all better be ready for what's coming. Remember, till we see each other again, be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. I'll see you down the road.